Daniel understands you're not fit to lead until you know how to follow. So he knows that this is the person of protocol, so he works through channels. Arioch is the man sent to kill him. How does he see him? He's the man that can get me in before the king. listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, glad you're with us as today we continue a message, Becoming What God Intended. And pastor, last time uh, as we began to look at the life of Daniel, one of the things that we saw is that there was an element of waiting on God that uh, Daniel had to do. Something that uh, we acknowledged last time. We could spend an entire program talking about and looking at that. So what does it mean to wait on God? Well, it literally means to be occupied in what God currently has you doing until he opens the door for you to move forward. If the door is not open, then we continue to do what God wants us to do until he answers. See, we, we have to understand something. There's promise and there's product. Mm-hmm. And in between promise and product, you know what there is? Process. Okay. And what we want to do is abrogate the process. But we don't understand, it seems to me, the average believer doesn't understand that the process is that which produces the product. Right. That if there's no process, there'll be, it's like planting an apple seed today and looking for apples tomorrow. It does not happen that way. What we need to understand, God is doing things. He's setting things up. I like to say it this way. He's preparing you for what he's prepared for you. If we don't go through the process, what could happen is God can bring us to a place like Daniel. Here it is. Here it is, Steve. Daniel had this gift, Mm -hmm. but he went through those situations and circumstances to where God opened it up where he could use it. Here's the problem that I see today. There are many believers who are gifted. You and I both know brilliant preachers who are very gifted, but their character hadn't developed to the point where their giftedness was. So therefore, their gift could take them somewhere where their character couldn't keep them. Sure, sure. And uh, then we unfortunately hear those stories of pastors who do fall and uh, ministries that do fall apart. And uh, incredibly sad, but a little insight into how that does happen there. Well, we are taking a look at the life of Daniel and uh, how he became what God intended. So if you can, I hope you'll open your Bible. Join us in the book of Daniel. We're in chapter 2 as we continue a message, Becoming What God Intended. Here's Pastor Ford. Look what Paul said, Philippians 3.10. Here's what Paul said. There are no plateaus in the Christian life. Philippians 3, what's your your goal? What you're striving for? Intimacy with Christ. Uh, Verse 11, imitation of Christ. Uh, Verse 12, involvement for Christ. Now listen, verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Then verse 11, I want to imitate Christ. Then verse 12, I want involvement for Christ. See how he links it together? That fellowship with Christ will always result in the followship of Christ, and followship of Christ will always result in friendship 
of Christ. And friendship, John 15, always leads to obedience. And the problem is some of us never move beyond our daily bread. Some of us never move beyond a Sunday morning service. Some of us never move beyond, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You know one of the things that really grates me? I already told you, going to a, a store or something, seeing a child act up. But you know what grates me? And I, I've seen it a couple times. Not too often, but I've seen it. Six-year-old child with a bottle in their mouth. You know what's worse than that? Somebody who's been in the church for 25 years and still a baby. Hmm. So Paul says in that passage, I have no complacency. Verse 13 says, I have no complacency even though I have triumph in my past service, in perfection of my present service, verse 12, and the rigors of future service, verse 11. <laughs> we need some Janet Jackson theology. You know what that is? What have you done for me lately? Take marriage, for example. We say, you're always throwing up what you did. I took the garbage out last week. You ain't never satisfied. I bought you a dress last week. You ain't never satisfied. I gave you money last week. You ain't never satisfied. I told you I loved you last week. You ain't never satisfied. What's your point? Joshua chapter 3. Remember what happened? Here's all I'm telling you. We, we have to step out. I guess I guess I guess I, I guess I got to tell a little bit of it. You know, one of the things I've been saying to the Lord, I've been saying, Lord, you know, I just know that you have other things available. I'm, I'm, let me suffice to say that I'm stepping out in territory, and I'm not comfortable in it. It's areas that I've never stepped before, and I'm saying to myself, "You in deep water." And the Lord's saying to me, yeah, but I'm in there with you. Amen. And here's, here's what happened in Joshua chapter 3, why I share that. is because, remember, they want to cross Jordan. Now, what's wrong with Jordan in Joshua 3? Somebody holler it out. Running over its banks. Now, they have to cross it. Now, what does God tell them to do? God says, in three days, come to Jordan. Why does he tell them to come to Jordan? Because we must do everything that we can do. God is not going to do for us what we should be doing for ourselves. Now, you already know that, right? We talked about it before. Whose Bible levitates to them in the morning and, and says, read me? Anybody? Uh, whose altar levitates to them so they can bow down and pray? Anybody? So, no, no, no. If you don't grab that Bible and read it, it won't get read. You don't get on your knees and pray, there won't be any prayer. You got to do it. So, God will never do for us what he wants us to do for ourselves. But what happens? Jordan's overflowing. What's the first thing he tells them to do? Put your foot in it. Step your feet in the swelling of the Jordan. Why? Because he needs to see that you have faith to believe that he's able to make it through. And what happens? It says, and the moment their foot hit the water, the water began to rise like a wall. That's all I'm telling you. You, you, you got to step out. You got to keep on keeping on. You got to keep trusting him, moving out by faith. That's what Daniel did. When God is trying to do something, when God is trying to take us somewhere, say it with me, without God, without God. we can't. 
Without us, God won't. Principle number four, work through channels. Work through channels. Notice what it says in the text. Then Daniel went unto, in unto Arioch, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus unto him, Destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Now, who's Arioch? He's the executioner. He's the one who's supposed to kill David. Now, why, why not just barge in and see the king yourself? King, I got the dream. Here I am. I'm the man. Because that's not the way it's done. It's called protocol. God is a God of order. And so Daniel understands you're not fit to lead until you know how to follow. So he knows that this is the person that is the person of protocol, so he works through channels. So what does he do? When he confronts his problems, he confronts it through Arioch. And then notice, he sees the potential in the problem. Arioch is the man sent to kill him. No, that's not how he sees him, even though the text says it. How does he see him? He's the man that can get me in before the king. You know, some people see a problem in every solution, and some people see a solution in every problem, just like David did. And so God wants us to understand Isaiah 54, 17, there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. Number five, number five. Realize it's not just for your benefit. Look at verse 24. It says that he's going to uh, save, destroy, not the wise men of Babylon. These are unbelievers. And so Daniel's saying, listen, I understand something, that my gift is not just for me, that my gift is not just for the people of God, that my gift is to touch the lives of everyone, the benefits of it. Let me just quote one passage. Luke chapter 1. Remember what happened there? Luke chapter 1, Zacharias and Elizabeth pray for a child. Now, they had prayed for the child in their younger days. Now, the Bible says they were old and past the time of having children. And then God came and said, your prayer has been answered. Now, I'm sure they said, you know, what, what are you talking about? What prayer? Now, the Bible says they were righteous. The Bible said they served, but yet their prayer hadn't been answered. Now, wait a minute. If they're righteous and they're serving faithfully, you said you give us the desires of your heart. Well, why would you have them wait until they're old before you give it to it? Well, everybody knows, uh, first of all, so that everybody would know it was God who did it, so that nobody can take the credit from God. But then if you read verse 14, here's what he says. He says, I'm giving you this child, John the Baptist, and many shall rejoice at his birth. In other words, what he was saying is, I'm waiting to do this at this particular time because as I use you and bless you, there's somebody else that's going to get a residual blessing because I'm blessing you. In other words, John's not just going to bring you happiness you're, uh, because you're his parents and he's a male child for you. He's going to bring happiness to all of Israel because he's the forerunner for Jesus Christ. Here's all I want you to consider. I want you to consider the fact that God, when he's doing something in your life, is not just doing it just for you. That God is doing it so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. That you can touch somebody else's life. And Daniel understood it. Me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to get saved because they're my homies and uh, I bring them in on this process. But all those other wicked men, their lives are going to be spared because God gave me a gift 
that will minister to everybody else. You know what? Maybe we don't have what God wants us to have yet because we're not willing to be a blessing to somebody else. It's kind of a convicting thought, isn't it? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled Becoming What God Intended. And we're going to get back to this teaching in just a moment. If you ever miss part of a broadcast, you can listen to each and every program when you come to our website. Just stop by treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream the programs, download MP3s, or even order copies on CD. Again, our website address, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Again, here is Pastor Ford. Uh, then number, number six, don't worry about who gets the credit. Listen to what it says in verse 25. Don't worry about who gets the credit. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king the interpretation. You lying. Liar, liar. You ain't found nobody. Daniel came to you. Now, Daniel could have said, now, wait a minute. I have the gift. I'm the one that's talking to God. And I want you to recognize, King, that uh, he didn't find me. I came to him. Why doesn't he say that? Because, listen, if God is using you and he's touching people's lives, you don't care if somebody else takes the credit. All you care about is ministry to people. That's all. That's how you know when people really are singing for the glory of God, when you don't say their name and say it everybody else's. You get a letter. You didn't say my name. They ain't singing for Christ. They're singing for their name recognition. People who say, you know, well, I was in that and you didn't mention me. Everybody ought to get their kudos. I'm not saying they ought not. But if they don't and they don't get credit for it, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I get tested like that all the time. I go places and they say, what do you charge? I don't charge anything. Gospel's free. I don't charge anything. And there are a lot of people who don't give me anything. You know, this is kingdom stuff, man. You know, God always rewards his servant. I did, a, I, did, I did this big banquet. I mean, there was thousands of people there. And, uh, you know, they said, do you charge anything? No, I don't. So they didn't give me anything. And so it always becomes a test. Because when I go home, my wife says, so what they give you? I said, well, they didn't give me nothing. So what, are they going to mail it to you? I don't know. They didn't say anything to me. I didn't say anything to them. You know, y'all, now y'all, you know, y'all, y'all know you got to break her off, peace, man. Come on. And so it doesn't come. And what I say is, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. Not even going to worry about it. So it ain't about that. You know why? Because God wants me to test myself to see am I going to speak for honorariums. That's what he's doing. I know that. And he does it to me all the time. Don't you know by now I ain't doing it for the honorarium? Why are you, why are you? But, but the whole idea, let me ask you a question. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because at the judgment seat of Christ, that's what he's going to check, your motivation, why you did what you did. So when you look at it, you say, you know, why wasn't he worried about getting the credit? Because God knows. Yeah, they talked about you and they lied on you and you can't make it right, but God knows. Yeah, you did it and they took the credit, but God knows. See, when you're focused, you don't even get mad or envious or jealous of anyone. You want to know why? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Arioch wanted to be great in the eyes of men and impress Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't realize that you can be great in the eyes of men and be nothing in the eyes of God. Think about it. Think about it. Which would you rather be? 
David and his brothers. Can you, can you imagine? And I didn't even get to that point when I talked about shake your haters off because his dad uh, became his motivator. So his hater became his motivator. So what happened? Here you have Samuel coming in to Jesse and his sons. And he says, okay, now. He says, uh, God's going to anoint one of your sons king. So he brings out the oldest, who's very handsome and tall. Then he brings them out in order, brings out all seven of them. And Samuel says, the Lord says, there's none of them. Do you have another son? Can you imagine how David must have felt to hear that his daddy said, oh, yeah, we got one more, but he out there with the sheep. In other words, I know it can't be him. I, I know, I know he's not the one. He's the one. You got the right one now, baby. He's the one. And then Samuel said this, God looks not as man looks. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Notice what he does. Daniel was willing to be obscure. Notice what it calls him, a man, a captive. You know, to some people, you'll never be anyone but who you used to be way back when. Can I say this to you? Quit trying to work so hard to prove that you're not who you used to be. Just take it. God has forgiven you. Forget it if people can't. Move on. Hmm. And then finally, you got to give God the glory. He says, Daniel, you are somebody. No, it's not me. It's the Lord. He gives the glory to God. He says, it's God. It's God. Because in the final analysis, he says he'll share his glory with no man. Well, when I look at the Lord Jesus Christ, he did all those things. He waited on God's timing, didn't he? Because remember, in John chapter 6, verse 15, they tried to make him king. And it says he disappeared out of their midst because he knew it wasn't the time. Jesus always worked within the parameters of God's timetable. Even his birth, Galatians 4.4, in the fullness of time, at the right time, God sent him. At the right time, he went to the cross. If you ever done a study of the 70th week of Daniel's, when, when did Jesus go to the cross? On the very day that Daniel prophesied that he would go. He wanted to be used of God. That was Luke chapter 4 is all about. When he took the book and said, Lo, it is written in the volume of the book, I've come to do your will, O God. He volunteered in the council of the Trinity in the book of Hebrews. He said, Prepare me a body and I'll go for you. He kept moving toward his goal through the temptation in the wilderness, through the Garden of Gethsemane. And at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, let us rise and be going. It's time to be about the Father's business. He worked through channels because the devil said, turn these stone to bread, and Jesus refused to do it. What's so bad about that? Because it would have been something independent of God's goal for his life. And on and on it goes, and we know that he glorified God, and he told God, glorify me with the glory that I received from you before the foundation of the world. He sets the example for us. And the only question on the floor, and I just wanted to challenge us, you know, what are we going to become individually, corporately, as a body? What, what is it all that God has for us here? I, I think it's way more than, 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 than where we are right now. I really do. 
I, I think it's way more than what we can even imagine. I really do. I really believe that. And you know what it takes? It takes us comprehending that on an individual basis, I've got to allow God to make me the best that he can make me in the midst of a corporate setting. This morning, we had breakfast at the Pancake House on 87th Street. What's his name, Brother Lyles? What's his name? You remember his name? Okay, I forgot his name. Anyway, he came and introduced himself to us. He owns it. Well, uh, nine years ago, he came in there as a busboy, and he said, I'm going to own this. But right now, I'm going to be the best busboy they got. Guess what? The previous owner said, you're the best busboy I got. You know what? I'm going to let you wait on tables. He said, I'm going to be the best table waiter that he has. Guess what? He became the best table waiter that he had. He said, I'm going to make you a manager. As a manager, he said, he said to him, I'm going to be the best manager. He said, I'm going to make you a cook. And he became a cook. He said, you know what? I'm going to save my money and buy this business. He owns it now. He owns it. Here's a man that said, I'm not content to be where I am, but where I am, I'm going to be the best that I can be. And God gave him favor because he is a believer. He loves the Lord. And what happened? It opened a door. And then he stepped through that door, and it opened another door. And he stepped through that door, and it opened another door. And he stepped through that door, and now he's the owner of the business. I said to him, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, what? You doing well here? He said, very well. I said, have you ever thought about franchising? He said, all the time. See what he's saying? Oh, I own this one, but I can own two. If I can own two, I can own three. If I can own three, I can own four. And all God is looking for is somebody who's a willing vessel because God is not interested in our ability, but he is interested in our availability. Who knows what God will do through you when you give Him your availability. Here listening to Treasure Truth and a message from Pastor Ford entitled Becoming What God Intended. You'll find it when you come to our website along with some other resources. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, we live in a society where the name of Jesus produces maybe indifference or disdain. You know, spirituality may be acceptable, but expressing devotion to Jesus Christ well, that can yield some pretty negative consequences. So we'd like you to have a digital book by Joe Stoll that directly addresses this topic and offers practical advice to live out your faith in a world where Jesus is not welcome. The book is called The Trouble with Jesus, and it's yours for a gift of any amount to Moody Radio. Call right now, 888-644-7660, and we'll send you a link to the digital download through your email. You can also request a copy when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, we're grateful for your gift of any amount. And as we count down to December 31st, maybe you're thinking of making a special year-end contribution. You know, a gift to Moody means that we stay on the air and you continue to hear the programming you love. When you give, remember to ask for the electronic book by Dr. Stoll called The Trouble with Jesus. Again, our number is 888-644-7660. Or our website is treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. And Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio. 
a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.